Welcome to Impact Church's podcast with Pastor Travis Hearn. Pastor Travis also serves as the team pastor for the NBA's Phoenix Suns and has served Major League Baseball as the team chaplain for over a decade. Today, he leads us with a powerful and hope-filled message. We're so glad you're tuning in, and we believe that wherever you're listening from, that God will impact your life through today's message. I was thinking about real estate because we need some real estate. You know what I'm saying? Like I was thinking like we need land. So if anybody has some land would be moved by God to use that land for God. If anybody has a building that, you know, because people are like, oh, you need to go to and add another service. And how about uh, multi-site? How about Impact Church Gilbert and Impact Church Mesa and Impact Church Surprise and Impact Church? I don't know where. I'm not going to Tucson. But anyway, <laughs> Impact Church. And, you know, and so we're, we're at that point. And, and so, but today is going to be a great day because I've been thinking about real estate. One of the things I have learned about real estate is there's this funny thing they do in real estate called zonings. Like you cannot, you cannot occupy a specific space unless you occupy the space for that specific reason. Like there's zonings in real estate, certain properties like we almost, we almost, come on, somebody say almost. We almost had a couple different buildings in South Scottsdale that we could have launched a South Scottsdale campus. And it would have been really cool right on Scottsdale Road. And they were like, yeah, we don't lease to churches. And it's not in the right zoning. And, you know, there's this funny thing about zoning for Certain properties, like there's residential zoning, there's commercial zoning and industrial, it's zoned for industrial, or it's zoned for agricultural zonings. Does anybody know about this already? How many already know about this zoning stuff? Keep your hand up for a minute, because if you need a realtor, look at the people whose hands are up right now. They're clearly, she definitely needs some customers. She's jumping up and down, waving her hand in the air like she literally does not care. And so there's your new real estate agent. And just make sure that once you close the deal, you give 10% back to the Lord. That's all we're talking about today. But there's these things, you know, called zoning. And the zoning is crazy because I would think there's, there's even a certain type of zoning that it, it's called a C, the letter C-U-P. Not I-C-U-P, but like the letter C-U-P, like the word cup, but not cup. And that type of zoning, and that type of zoning stands for a conditional use permit. That one's cool. Like that's for a conditional use. You need to get a permit from the city. You need to get approval, a a conditional use permit. You know, it's like a, a permit that you are permitted to use that space based on specific conditions. You can use the space but with exceptions you can use the space but with limitations you can use the space with restrictions that that's a that's a cup zoning and 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 if you don't meet those conditions you can't use the space 
How about that? If you don't meet the conditions, you can take your ball and go home. You don't get to use the space. The usefulness is subject to the conditions. Yeah, so God told me to tell you today that many of you are conditional use Christians. (laughs) We're going to have so much fun today. I'm glad you're here. Like conditional use Christians. You know, like, God, you can use me except for. Right? Conditional use Christians whose usefulness is subject to certain conditions. God, here's your permit. I give you permission, God, to use me, but based on certain conditions, Lord. Certain criteria, certain parameters. God, you can use me with exceptions. You can use me with some restrictions. You can use me with some limitations. Oh, God, use me, use me, use me, God. I want you to use me. But just know, Father God, that there are some things I'm not willing to do. There are some things I'm not willing to go through. There are some places, y'all got quiet on me, that I'm not willing to go to. God, there are some people. (laughs) Let's just stop. (laughs) With there are some people. Because there are some people that I am not willing to deal with. God, I will do anything, but there are some hurts, there are some pains that people have caused me that I am not willing to forgive. Conditional use, Christian, there are some lifestyle things that I'm not willing to give up. But other than that, Lord, use me. I'm all in except for fill in the blank. But look at somebody and tell them right now, conditional use Christians are actually useless. Come on, tell somebody. Conditional use Christians are actually useless. Tell somebody else the same thing. Conditional use Christians are actually useless. They are useless because God will not use the conditional use Christian for the same reason Jesus is not a situational savior. I mean, could you imagine though for a minute if he was like I paid and died for all the sins of the world except that one. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like I died for all of your sins, but not that sin. I died for everyone's sins, just not your sins. That would be crazy, right? Like a situational savior. We don't serve a situational savior. And God does not want us to be conditional use Christians. God is not about the conditional use life. God is not about, listen, God does not need your approval. God does not need your permission. Conditional, conditional... Some people like, okay, how about this? They have contingency callings. The first service was half the amount of people and way more fun to preach to. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like contingency 
type callings. Like some of you, maybe you have fine print faith. Like, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. God, I'm in. I'm so in. I will do any. God, you know I will do anything for you. But make sure to read the fine print. (laughs) Don't act like it's not you. It is you. It's literally you. God, I will do anything except. I will do anything except. I will do anything except. I mean, I would do it if you wanted me to do it. But you probably won't ever want me to do it, which is great because I really don't want to do it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like fine print faith. I got to say this because we live in the day and age of the bougie believer. You know what I'm saying? Like, I love God, but I I just don't, I don't, I don't want it to be tough. I don't want it to be difficult. I want it to be, I want to be blessed and highly favored. That's the kind of Christianity that I want to be. I don't want to go through hard times. I don't want to go through tough times. I don't want to go through the valleys of the shadows of death. As long as I don't have to go through the valleys and the trials and the fires and the storms, then yeah, God count me. As long as I don't have to uproot and move and leave my career in my beautiful Scottsdale, Arizona. As long as I don't have to go live in a third world country or something. As long as I don't have to go preach to like, you know, ISIS or something in the Middle East. I mean, I'll I'll tell my friend at at the Scottsdale Quarter about Jesus. I'll, I'll definitely, I'm in God. Maybe, maybe, maybe. I got three hours of sleep last night, so it's on. It is, it is, it is, it's, I'm riding on the spirit only right now. God will not use the conditional use Christian. He doesn't need to. He will find someone who is available. He will find somebody who is available. Some of you, you need your usage rezoned in your life. You need to be rezoned. Look at somebody and tell them, I think he's talking to you right now. You need to be rezoned. You need your zoning rezoned. You need need to be rezoned. Because let me tell you, God is not looking for the most talented. Look at somebody and tell them, thank God, because it's not you for sure. Tell them, tell them, tell them, tell them. This is your time to just have some fun with it. God is not looking for the best looking. Tell somebody now, he's re- that's really good news for you. God is not looking for the most successful. He's not looking for the most educated. Did you know that God's not looking for the most wealthy? God is looking for somebody that is usable, who simply says, yes, God, I am in, I am in, I am in. You can count on me. Come on. Is there anybody that you say, God, you can count on me. I can be trusted. God, I'm in without exception. God, use me without limitations. God, use me without restrictions. Someone who says, yes, Lord. With, with, with no strings attached. No strings attached. That's a big deal. No strings attached. Because like I have this $100 bill right here. And like let's say I'm going to give it away. Does anybody want this $100 bill? You want it. I saw your hand first. So you can have it. It's, your, it's a gift. It's a gift. No, here you go. Get, would you stand up, sir? There you go. You can have it. Sit down now. Sit down. Because no, sit down. That means... Booty on cushion. There you go. You know what I'm saying? So I love you. 
and I'm giving you that $100 bill. You can have it. You know what I'm saying? But, I mean, not really. But, like, you know, I reserve the right. Go ahead, sit down again. You think you're the star actor in the movie, don't you? Just, uh, I don't want And see, this is the way we, this is the, do, the $100 bill is each of us. You know what I'm saying? Like, you can use me, Lord. You can, yep. I'm all yours, God. No, I'm not. I mean, not really. But like, I am yours, God. I'm not really yours, God. I am yours. Yeah, come on, bro. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. Yeah, come on, come on, come on. Come on, come on, come on, come on, brother. Come on, you got, oh, you got it? Okay, go sit down. You can. I know, but this is what we do with God. We're like string attached. You know what I'm saying? Because it's like, no, stick. My illustration is over. They got the point. I'm going to put it over here, and you're going to stay there, young fella. Don't play. But that's our walk with Christ. It's like, God, I'm, I'm in, but I do, I do have some strings attached. I, I, I know I shouldn't, but I do. And God wants us to be no strings attached Christians. God, I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. I'm in. I I love this verse in in the book of Isaiah chapter 6 verse 8. I want to read this to you. It says, Then I heard the voice of the Lord saying, Whom shall I send? Whom will go for us? And I said, Here am I. Send me. Here am I. Send me. Say that out loud. Here am I, send me. Did you know that God is always looking for someone he can use? He's always looking for someone he can use. But if you're conditional on your usage, he's going to just look over you. Because conditional use Christians are not dependable use Christians. If you're conditional, you're not dependable. Like how how many of you are business owners? Raise your hand, raise your hand. How many of you have employees that work for you? Raise your hand. Maybe you're an owner of a business or a supervisor, right? What I've learned in my own life about leading leaders or managing employees is that I always go back to the same people that I know will get the job done. I have a lot of people that I could ask, but history has told me they are not dependable. And I need this to get complete, on time, and done well. Because they're not dependable because they don't answer their phone because they don't respond in a timely matter because they're never on time because I can't trust them I cannot use them God looks at us the same way can he trust you to be trusted is to be usable God is always looking for somebody he can use This passage is crazy because it's like, Isaiah, who? Isaiah, who? 
Who will do this? Who will be a voice, Isaiah? Who will be a leader for me? Who will be a prophet? Who will speak on my behalf? Who will tell? Who will go? And Isaiah says, God, God, pick me, pick me, pick me. Here am I. Send me, God. Send me. Listen, one of the, one of the, man, I don't know what the word is. What's the adjective I want to, one of the scariest prayers, one of the most dangerous prayers, one of the most terrifying prayers, one of the most rewarding and fulfilling prayers that you could ever pray is God use me. Now, hey, I'm not done. Hold on. I'm not done. God use me. However, whenever, wherever, whatever, whoever. That's the most dangerous prayer that you can pray. You can clap now. That's your time to clap. You can, you can, you can use me, God, however you want to use me. Would you pray that prayer? But would you really? God, however you want to use me. God, no matter what that look, God, no matter when. God, no matter where. God, no matter what. God, no matter who, with whom, who, who do you want me to talk to? Whom do you want me to share with? Whom do you want me to pray for? Who do you want? Man, that's a big one. You mean you want me to love my enemies? You mean you want me to pray for those that persecute me? You want me to love those who hate me? You, you want me to forgive those who hurt me? God, who is a big one? God, when, where, what, how, who? God, here am I. And my answer is yes, Lord. My answer is yes, Lord. Mine. I'm not saying that's your answer. I'm saying it's my answer. My answer is yes, God, before you even ask the question, not after I contemplate the answer. Did y'all hear me? Because there's a big difference. My answer is yes before you ask the question, Lord, not after I contemplate the answer. Well, I, I mean, I could do that. I wonder what that would mean. I wonder what that would require of me. I, I wonder what that would mean for my finances if I gave God 10% of my income. I wonder what that would mean if, if I... If, I wonder what it means if, if I left everything because I know he's calling me to go do that. He's calling me to start a church, but I'm so comfortable right now. I have a day job and, and I know he's calling me to, to, to be a pastor and to start a church. I know he's calling me to the mission field. I know he's calling. My, my answer is yes, but I don't know if it's yes. I need, to, I need to really study out what that looks like first. And so the most dangerous prayer that you can pray is scary because you're giving God a blank check for your life. And I'm telling you the truth. When I feel this way, I almost don't know a single person on the planet. I almost don't know if I know somebody personally that would pray that prayer and mean it and say, God, here's the blank check to the future of my life. Write it how you want it. And it is able to be cast in. You can count on 
me. The prayer is scary. It's dangerous because if you are all in, useful for God, you become a threat and a danger to the enemy. And so it is a dangerous prayer. God, use me however, whenever, wherever, whatever. God, with whomever, use me. I've prayed this prayer many times in my own life. And in fact, I've been really reminiscent this past week because this last, this last Tuesday, February 20th, was my 31st birthday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What's so funny? What's so funny? I, I know I look 25, but it was my 31st. It was my 31st spiritual birthday. When I became born again, February 20th of 1993. You can clap for that. That's, that, that's clap worthy. That's clap worthy. Because God and his power and his ability to change a life is clap worthy. That's why it's clap worthy. And so I celebrated, but to myself, I mean, nobody even knew other than like my wife and my family. But I celebrated my own spiritual birthday. And I celebrated because 31 years ago was the first time I actually prayed a prayer like this. God, use me. However, you need to use me. Whenever, wherever, whatever, and whoever. And and listen, I, I don't know if you really ever prayed that, but like I've prayed that prayer. And 31 years ago, I had no idea what I was praying. I had no idea what I was actually committing to God. 31 years ago, and I said, God, however, whenever, whatever, how, whomever, whatever you want from me, I'm in. I did not know what lied on the other side of that prayer. I had no idea the power On the other side of that prayer, I had no idea the blessings on the other side of that prayer. I had no idea the countless mountaintops that I would stand upon because of that prayer. The victories because of that prayer. I had no idea the people that I would help. I had no idea the people that I would lead to Jesus Christ. I had no idea the sermons I would preach. I had no idea the books that I would write, the songs that I'd write, the church that I'd pastor. I had no idea that on the other side of that prayer, it would lead me into locker rooms with the NFL and the NBA and MLB. I had no idea that on the other side of that prayer, it would take me around the world to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ in places like Africa and in Latin America and in Europe and Canada and Hawaii and all over the planet. In the past, I had no idea on the other side of that prayer that I would hold the privilege of pastoring you guys, this this great church, Impact Church. You are Impact Church. I had no idea the countless mountaintops on the other side of that prayer. But listen, but listen, I also had no idea 
the valleys that were on the other side of that prayer. I had no idea the storms I'd go through on the other side of that prayer. I had no idea the fires that I'd be put through on the other side of that prayer. The trials, the hardships, the attacks on my life, on my wife's life, on my children's life. I had no idea how that prayer would affect my family and those who love me. Listen, I had no idea that some of my greatest sermons that you guys have said, oh man, that one, that might be the best one, PT, you've ever, that might be, that was the one for, I had no idea that some of my greatest sermons would be birthed through some of my own hardest moments. I had no idea that things that would help you the most would come through things that hurt me the worst. I had no idea of the valleys and the mountaintops on the other side of that prayer. But 31 years later, I celebrate my spiritual birthday by praying this same prayer once again. That God, I want you to use me. God, however, whenever, wherever, for whatever, to whomever. My answer is yes, Lord. My answer is God, I will do anything, anywhere, anytime. Do you guys understand what I'm saying? I will do anything, anywhere, at any time. This sermon's not about me. I already know about me. This sermon is about you. Will you do anything, anywhere, anytime for God? Or is it just a novel idea? Because when you become totally 110% usable, You're going to change eternity. Everybody's so interested in like impacting this world. I, I, it's so freaking temporal. Oh, we'll build me a great business or 14 of them. I'm going to get rich. Great. Then you die. Great job. So proud of you. Did you know that that didn't impact, impact eternity? God, I want to be used without condition, without contingencies, without fine print, no strings attached, impact church. My question is for you. Will you pray that prayer for your own life? Yes, Lord, whenever, wherever, wherever, for whoever, whatever. God, what do you want from me? Because if you pray that prayer and mean it, I'm just telling you to buckle up. I'm telling you to buckle up. Because you're going to get on the spiritual roller coaster of your life. And it's going to go up high and it's going to go down low. And sometimes, somehow, supernaturally, it does highs and lows at the exact same time. 
Like, man, life is good. You ever said somebody's like, how you doing? In your mind, you're like, you just froze my brain. Because I'm doing really great and really bad. Like, there's this spot in my life, dude, it could not get better. I'm on the mountaintop of mountaintops. And then there's this, this other spot, this other location. I'm in the valley of all valleys. There's a uh, story that you've probably heard of. It's in the book of Luke. And Luke's a cool book. So I, I never want to assume, because like in a, in a church our size, and all over the world, people tuning in, and there's people that have been Christians uh, for, you know, a long time. How many in this room have been a Christian for over 10 years? Raise your hand, 10 years. Okay, that, that's, see, that's a lot. That's what I'm saying. How many have been a Christian for over 20 years? That's a lot, okay? How, how about over 30? Over 30. That's, hey, come on. Come on, that's a, that's a long time to love Jesus right there. How, how, many, how many of you have been a Christian for over 40 years? 40, 40. Yes, sir. 50? We got 50 years. 50 years? Look at these guys. You don't even look 50. You don't look old enough. 66, anybody over, look at that, 60 years I've been loving on Jesus, come on, I'm, 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 I'm going to stop, I'm going to stop at 60, now let's go the, let's go the other way, how many of you have been a Christian for less than one year, raise your hand, it's okay, raise your hand, come on, look at this, lots of hands, let's go, let's go, the same is, same as online, if you're watching online, maybe you want to just type, I've been a Christian for one year, or 60 years, or whatever it is, the reason I'm asking is because some of you say, oh, yeah, I already know that. Well, you should. And then there are some that don't know that and they shouldn't. So when you look at the Bible, it's 66 total books comprised of 39 in the Old Testament and 27 in the New. The New Testament starts off with Matthew, Mark, Luke and John. Those we call the Gospels. The Gospel means good news. What is the good news? It's Jesus Christ. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John are literally writings about the birth, the life, the death, and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Everything before those four books points to the coming of Jesus Christ. And everything after them points backwards to He came. He died, he rose again, and by the way, he's coming again. So that's the Gospels. So when you look at the Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, they're written, a lot of the stories are the same stories, but it's a different author's perspective. If I got, you know, jumped right now, you want to jump me? You look like you could. I mean, you kind of got that bald and I'm tough mother effer look and by that I mean mother of faith you know what I'm saying faither but if you jumped me right now and we got into a little struggle I would win but if we got into a struggle and then you know you're Matthew Mark Luke and John and you write about it you saw certain things that maybe the other didn't or you see certain perspectives that maybe the other didn't and then you have the background of the writers because Matthew was a tax collector, because Luke was a doctor, because John was the closest disciple to Jesus. 
So you have these different perspectives. Now, this is from the book of Luke, the physician. Luke, the doctor. He says this, he says about Jesus. As they were walking along the road, a man said to Jesus, I will follow you wherever you go. Now let's just time out. Can we just time out? Was that verse on the screen? There it is. Look at that. Just magically appeared. Just supernaturally. You say miracles aren't real. That literally just poof right before our eyes. He says, I will follow you wherever you go. Okay, you can pull the scripture down for just a second. Okay, yeah, perfect. These guys, I always tease them because that's my love language. My love language is trash talk. But it's my native tongue. But I do want to brag. We might have the best media sound engineers. I mean, I wouldn't trade them for their... They're really good at what they do. Even better people. But I do like to trash talk. So he said, Jesus, that's an easy thing to say. I'll follow you wherever you go. It's easy. Don't look away. (laughs) It's easy to say that when you don't know where he's going. Jesus, I'll follow you wherever you go. But when I say that, I don't know he's actually going to go get crucified. God, I'll follow you wherever. And Jesus knows this. He knows. He knows. Like these dudes don't even know what they're saying. So Jesus says, foxes have dens and birds have nests, but the son of man has no place to lay his head. And then he said to another man, follow me. But he replied, Lord, first, let me go bury my father. And Jesus said to him, let the dead bury their own dead. But you go proclaim the kingdom of God. Still another said, I will follow you, Lord. But first, let me go back and say goodbye to my family. And Jesus replied, no one. Puts a hand in the plow and looks back. Is fit for the service of the kingdom of God. Yeah. Now tell me this is not crazy. He's talking to three different men. The first man says, I will follow you, Jesus, wherever. There's that word. Wherever you go. And Jesus is like, yo. Let me tell you something, foxes. Even a fox. Even a fox has a place to live. Even a wild creature of the earth, even a bird has a nest. But I, the son of man, the king of all kings, the creator of the universe, I don't even have a place to lay my head. Are you sure you want to follow me? Because it's going to be lonely. Are you sure? Because it's going to be uncomfortable. Are you sure? Because it's not going to be popular. Are you really sure that you want to follow me? Because I'm not going where the rest of the world's going. Are you sure that you want to follow me? Because 
I'm not here to chase women. I'm not here to chase money. I'm not here to chase self-gratification. I'm not chasing the things of this world. Are you sure you want to follow me? Because it comes with a price. In fact, the highest price. It's going to cost you everything you've got. Jesus, I'll follow you wherever you go. Well, many of Jesus' disciples were crucified. One was crucified upside down. Many of his followers to this day stoned to death, burned alive, in the Bible, skinned alive, boiled alive, beheaded. Hebrews chapter 11 says... In the hall of faith chapter, the faith chapter, Hebrews 11 is a chapter about faithful people from the Old Testament. It's the faith chapter. And in the faith chapter, it says believers were sawed in half. So you'd follow them for that? You'd follow them to that. If I got sawed in half right here in front of everybody, which is what was happening then, you'd go, I'm in. I'm in. I'm all in. You want to follow me? It's calling over comfort. It's calling because, listen, comfort, comfort is one of the devil's favorite weapons. Comfort. The devil, he wants you comfortable so that you won't fulfill your calling. The devil, remember last week I talked about the devil makes deals. The devil makes deal. He wants to make a deal with you. He wants you to trade away your calling for comfort. Because he knows the weapon that you could be for Jesus Christ. So if I can just get them comfortable, if I could just get them in a real nice house, I'm good with that. If I could just get them in a real nice cushy job, I'm good with that. If I could just make sure their life is comfortable, comfortable, then they, then they won't, they definitely won't fulfill their calling. Jesus, sign me up. I'll follow you, Jesus. Wherever you, I'll follow you, Jesus, sign me up. I want to be a Christian. And we use the Christian word so loosely, don't we? I think we do because we say, I'm a Christian, almost like it's a club we're a part of. Like, I'm a Christian. But are you? Because the word Christian doesn't mean you identify as someone who loves Jesus. The word Christian means that you are Christ like that's what I mean so so are you or or I'm a Christian and I I just think we use the word so loosely The, the word Christian was first used listen to the context the word Christian was first used for the very first time in the book of Acts let 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 me paint the canvas of what was going on it was used When the early church started, Jesus died, rose again, appeared to his disciples, appeared to over 500 people. In the book of Acts chapter 1, he says, don't leave here until you receive the promise of the Father. Acts chapter 2, 120 disciples in the upper room, they all get filled with the Spirit, start speaking in tongues. It looked like tongues of fire across all the heads of all the disciples. 
Then you have Peter stands up and preaches. 3,000 people are added to the church. You have the explosive growth and the development of the early church. The first Christian church. The first church post the life of Jesus. And it's the same time when they were being persecuted and murdered. Persecution, murder, persecution, murder, persecution led to them scattering and leaving and running for their lives, which led to the spread of the gospel around the world, even right here in the Scottsdale, Arizona. That came through persecution. It didn't come through comfort. It came through persecution. It came through hardship. You found Jesus today because of hardship. Because of persecution. And then the Bible says this in Acts chapter 11 verse 26. It says the disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. So the context is this. Is that persecution was everywhere. People were being martyred. In the book of Acts chapter 7. Stephen was martyred and stoned to death. Four chapters later, four chapters later, and the disciples were called Christians. That, 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 that's a key phrase right there. Listen to what I'm saying. And the disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. See, in modern day American Christianity, We have this backwards. We call ourselves Christians and hopefully one day we become a disciple. But in the book of Acts, you weren't called a Christian unless you were already a proven disciple. Do you see the difference? It's not a club. It's not like Cub Christianity. It is about following Jesus and it's going to cost you everything you got. I'm a Christian, God. I don't really follow your way. I'm a Christian, God. I'm a Christian. I never go to church. I'm a Christian, God. I go to church like once in every eight weeks. God, I'm a Christian. I don't tithe. I'm a Christian. I don't give. I'm a Christian. I don't read my Bible. I'm a Christian. I don't pray. I'm a Christian. I really don't even know the Bible, but I do have the Bible app. So I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian. I get a scripture a day. I'm a, and what I'm saying is we live in this like facade of a faith. Like I'm a Christian, but I'm really a conditional Christian and a conditional use Christian. I've never given up anything for Jesus Christ. I've never really done anything. I'm a Christian, but PT, I've never led anybody to Jesus Christ. I've never invited anybody to church. Nobody has a relationship with Jesus Christ because of me. That's never happened. I've never shared the gospel. I've never shared my story with it, but I'm a Christian. I'm a Christian and I love God, but I want to live how I want to live. I want to live how I want to live. I want a Jesus who paid the price for me, but I don't want it to cost me anything. I I want God as my provider, but not my priority. I want Jesus as my savior, but not my master. I want to walk in his abundance, just not his obedience. 
And most Christians, they really don't want to follow Jesus. They want Jesus to follow them. Most Christians don't really want to follow Jesus. They want Jesus to follow them. I don't want to change my ways, but I sure hope you'll follow me in my ways. God, I pray you'll follow me as I walk into this godless relationship. God, I pray you'll bless my business, even though my business actually doesn't have anything to do with you. I never bring you up. I never talk about you. My business doesn't give back to the kingdom of God, but God bless my business. Quiet on that one. Is that too much for this service? That's more of a Sunday night encounter type. I pray, God, that you'll follow me into this bar. I pray that you'll follow me into this nightclub. I pray that you'll follow me into this strip club. God, I'm going to look at what I want to look at, but God, please bless me. God, I'm going to do what I want to do. Think what I want to think. Hear what I want to hear. But God, I hope that that your goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. We spend so much time of our prayer lives trying to get God to align with our dreams, our desire. We try so hard to get God's word to align with our lives. See, God is looking for unconditional Christians, unconditional use Christians, faithful followers who simply say, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. See, I think a lot of people, this is the problem with modern day. When I mean modern day, I mean modern day Christianity is that many people think that saying yes to God is like about joining a club. I'm going to say yes to the call of God in my life because it's about the glamour. It's about the stage. It's about the lights. It's about the platform. It's about the influence. Nah. God, I'll say yes and preach Jesus around the world. How about you start at home? How about you start with your coworker? How about you start with your neighbor? How about you start with your teammate? How about you? God, I'll do anything for you. I'll give anything. I'll give it all. How about you just start tithing? (laughs) What, What if... Your yes, Lord. What if your yes, Lord, meant that you'll be single for the rest of your life so that God could have you to himself? What if your yes, Lord, meant you'll be single for the rest of your life so that you have more time to spread the gospel of Jesus Christ? What if your yes, Lord, what if it meant you'll never have children? Because God has a different journey for you. What if you're yes, Lord? Say, oh, I'll go on the mission, Phil. Most of us are like, oh, I, I would do it, God, to Paris. You know? Suffer for Jesus. What, what if your yes, Lord, in your mission field wasn't somewhere outside of the borderlines of the United States. What if 
your yes, Lord, to becoming a full-time missionary meant that you become terminally ill so that God could use you as a missionary to minister to doctors and nurses that have not yet heard the kind of gospel that you know about. What if your yes meant becoming a widow so that you'll understand the depth of that pain to minister to other widows? What if your yes, Lord, meant that your child had to go through the trial of their life so that God could prepare them for their calling? What if your yes, Lord, means he calls you into a ministry that, quite frankly, you don't even want? Do you see the the danger of the prayer? Do you see why the prayer is terrifying? Because it's truly a blank check. It's a blank check for God. Will you give God the blank check to the future of your life? Will you pray with me? I want to ask you to do something fairly bold today. Because I'm going to ask you a question and and if your answer to the question is yes, then in a minute I'm going to have you stand to your feet, but 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 don't stand unless it's a real yes. And so it's really, it's bold either way. It's bold whether you stand or it's bold whether you stay seated, but it's, it's honest either way. And we never look down on anybody. We just look up to God. And we keep our focus on Him. But I want to ask you today, if you're willing, and only if, You really mean it. If you're willing to say, yes, Lord, God, use me. Here am I. Send me. You're willing. You say, God, whatever, whenever, wherever, however, for whoever, whomever that might be, God, my answer. My answer is is yes. It's yes. I'm cutting the strings. I'm removing the conditions. There are no conditions. My answer is yes. Yes. My answer is yes before you ask the question, not after I contemplate the answer. Yes. If you're here today, And you say, my answer is yes. Yes. I want you to stand to your feet. And if that's not your answer yet, it's okay. It just means you're not ready yet. And I respect that. And we respect that. Because this journey with God, it's a process. See, the disciples... Jesus walked up 
to his first disciples and they said, Jesus, where are you going? And his, his first statement was, come and see. See, that, that, that's a starting point. Come and see. Some of you today, you're, you're here and you're, you're coming and you're seeing and you're checking out this God thing. You're trying it out. But see, what God doesn't tell you at the beginning is that he's going to take you from come and see to come and follow to come and die. And come and die is a lot at the beginning. But as you begin to step out by faith and live your life for Jesus Christ, you'll find out quickly that the come and die is worth everything because it's what we were created for. And maybe you're here today and maybe you're at that come and see moment and you're not a Christian yet today, but God says, listen, I love you so much that I gave my one and only son for you to die for you, to pay the price for you, to pay for your sins, all of them, not some of them, for everybody, not somebody. He paid the price. And if today that's you and you want to give your life to Jesus Christ, I want to invite you to do that right now. And you do that by praying with your own voice because the Bible says in Romans chapter 10 verse 9, it says, they that believe in their heart and confess with their mouth that Jesus is Lord, they are saved. Born again. Today. Today. For some of you, this is your spiritual birthday. February 25th. This is your day. February 25th. This is your spiritual birthday. God, I am born again. I am born again. God, thank you for the cross. Thank you for dying for me. Thank you for paying a price that I could never pay. God, I am, I am not worthy. I am not worthy. But God, you did it anyway. Because your love has no strings attached. Your love has no conditions. God, we're grateful. Thank you for joining us today. If you said that prayer and accepted Jesus into your heart, it's the best decision you could ever make. We want to celebrate with you and get you more connected. Visit impactchurch.com for more information about our church and how you can get plugged in here with us. Be sure to subscribe and share today's message with your friends. Thanks for tuning in, and we can't wait to hear how God has made an impact in your life.